I suspect this is probably going to be one of those episodes where you go back and you re-listen to it and it just gets deeper and deeper. Before I start, I want to say this. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, it pays to go back and listen to older episodes. This is not one of those podcasts where I just talk because it's a Tuesday. If I'm talking, it's because I have something to say. Think about each episode of the podcast as a chapter in a book. And each chapter builds in to the ultimate and overarching story and is relevant. In each episode, there might be a line, there might be a segment, there might be a section where I say something and I may only say it once, but in saying it, it is relevant and it's relevant to you and to the overall story of our existence here. I will start by saying that if you are a regular listener and the words that I say have been resonating with you, it's because we are vibrating on the same wavelength. Now, we say wavelength, we think water, and water is a wave, right? Hold on to that thought. Once again, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, what I'm about to say will not be the first time I've said it, but I am saying it now a bit more directly than I've maybe said in the past. But it is worth going forward to go back and re-listen to these episodes and let them sit with you so that you can have a better understanding of the game and of yourself. There was a time when I would speak with caveats and hedges. And as you guys have sort of grown with me, you can see that I'm slowly moving away from that. I think as time goes on, I've Begun to realize or began to realize that this message, this podcast, what I say, whatever content I put out, books coming forward, sessions, videos, episodes, stories are meant for a very small minority of people. I did the math with a friend of mine who is from the East. She's of Indian descent with a background in Hinduism and I believe the number we came up with is like 0.03% of the population. Very small percentage of the population but my job here is to speak to you and to let you know one that you are not alone. 0.03% of the population might seem like not a lot but When the total population is about 8 billion, I mean, that's still a pretty sizable number, something to the effect of 24 million. Now, who are the 24 million in this realm? Well, they're you and they're me. They are gods. They are the gods. They are the gods of antiquity. Manly P. Hall has written in his books that what people think of now as gods, they think of them as sort of non-corporeal, non-physical sort of spirits. 
But by his interpretation, what he has said is that they were just essentially exceptional men and women. So when I say gods, by the way, women are included in that. Gods and goddesses. Gods, the gods, the Elohim, to use a Hebrew word, are all included in that. So if you're female listening to this, you are a god or a goddess, which is for the sake of conserving words and speaking more succinctly, we will say gods. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were what history would call exceptional human beings. So, for example, a person like a LeBron James, 2,000 years from now, when, they, when we look back on history and see the statues of people like him, he will be called a god. A god amongst men. I want to break down and get deep into the definition of just what that means. What is a god? Well, a god is essentially a fractal of a collective consciousness of the, of the super intelligence that we call God, the collective consciousness known as God. I have repeatedly said that, that you are God. A fractal of a God is a God. A segment of a God is a God. You are a God. Does this apply to every human that walks on this planet? No. As I've said in past episodes, there are, in fact, NPCs, and I have defined them as not presently conscious. I will redefine on this episode what that means. I will redefine on this episode how to find a god, a god soul, as my friend termed it, an avatar, as the Hindus called it, the Elohim as the Hebrews called them, the gods of the pantheon, as the Greeks called them. What is a god? Well, we have the main source, the source. Think of it as the collective. Think of it as this all-encompassing consciousness. I want you to imagine a non-corporeal species, a non-physical species, something with no beginning, no end, that has always existed. This is a recurring theme across the board and across all religions, and it's, it bears noting. No beginning, no end a circle, a cycle. God is not a bearded man sitting on a throne. God is consciousness. I have defined consciousness as intelligence and not IQ, 
in the way we have traditionally defined intelligence. That is just one form of intelligence, but all of the forms of intelligence combined all together that intelligence can take. IQ, EQ, creativity combined together. In always, not in the beginning, there existed and has always existed an immortal consciousness, always has been, always will be. Alan Watts has talked about this, but he's essentially just echoing tenets of Eastern philosophy. And even if you want to pull in the Bible when they say Bereshit, it doesn't say in the beginning, it says in a beginning. And even in a beginning, Bereshit, the story speaks of something that has always existed before the creating story began, before the creation story began. In past episodes, I've talked about how the creation story in the book of Genesis reads like a terraforming of a world. In past episodes, I have also said that a collective consciousness, a super intelligence, consciousness and intelligence, you have to make sure that you know that they are interchangeable. A super intelligence a pre-existing super intelligence that has always existed terraforms worlds the way we program computers. It uses physics as coding. It would use DNA as code. As above, so below. It goes into essentially material realities and creates worlds. The way we go into a computer program and create virtual worlds. It's the same process just happening on a micro level as above, so below. There was a collective consciousness, one being, non-dual, in always, not in the beginning, in always, a super intelligence. I'm using these words very intentionally, a super intelligence. And then the super intelligence began to fractal itself. A good book that sort of echoes the same sentiment is God's Debris. Can't think of the author's name right now, but you can find it. It's a thought experiment but it's worth a listen. And so the superintelligence, once being one, all one alone, decided to essentially fractal itself into different beings to take on different forms. Why? To refer to another episode of mine, because eternity is boring. If we are bored down here, then a God can be bored. Once again, as above, so below. So it started at the beginning, all one, and then the fractal and the fractioning began. In order for it to experience itself. These are Eastern tenets, but they echo throughout all religions. One chaos 
different forms. This is Greek mythology as well. One, chaos, different forms. One, chaos, a, fract a, fract a fractioning, division, different forms. Okay. So that was a beginning. And I've argued and will continue to argue that this is a loop. As it is in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Even in physics, we now have an emerging theory called the big bounce. There have been other words for it, but essentially is that our world's beginning was the end of another. And it's just a cycle that just keeps repeating and repeating. This is how everything works. It's a cycle. The one fractures, becomes the many, becomes the one again. Now, I pull from Christian mythology. It tells a story about how the one became the Elohim. Elohim is plural. A, si a simple Google search will tell you this. Elohim is plural. The Elohim are the sons of the gods or the sons of God. Once again, son applies to females as well. But ultimately, because a consciousness is one and not gendered, sons make sense. It only becomes to take on gender the consciousness only becomes to take on gender the moment they begin to occupy forms, which is what avatars are. Simple Google search will point you to the definition of the word avatar. It is essentially a God taking a body, taking form, a consciousness of a God, the intelligence of a God taking form. Now, in the beginning, there are two creation stories. Bear that in mind. I will come back to that. The one became the many, the Elohim. The Elohim are also the angels. You have to go all the way back to ancient Hebrew texts, not to our present understanding of what is said in Genesis. What we is said in Genesis is not correct. Most people have a very flawed understanding of what was actually said in the beginning. And it's not to say that these stories are all true, but they do contain fragments of the truth because just as the one fractured itself, it also fractured the truth. And in order for you to put the pieces together to make them one again, you have to have an open mind and consider all sources because the truth lays in all sources. Unity is key. The first creation story was the creation of the Elohim in their first avatars. The first creation story was the fractioning into of the one collective consciousness into the Elohim, the sons of God, the pantheon of the gods. It's the same story that echoes in Norse mythology, that echoes in Greek mythology, that echoes in Hebrew mythology, that echoes in African mythology. 
the one became the many, but they are still God. I mentioned waves earlier. I will mention it again. A cloud is a collective of water. Once it rains, it forms into different pools of water. We have oceans, we have lakes, we have ponds, we have streams. All water in different forms, in different bodies. And it goes all the way down to even just one drop of water. All water in different forms. So think of the Elohim or the pantheon of gods as entities with consciousness, but in different forms, still possessing the abilities of the original superintelligence, all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipotent, which means all-powerful, right? Not all good, because in order for you to fracture and to take on different forms, you can't be all good. All includes darkness and light. And in the creation story, there was darkness in the beginning. Out of the darkness, there was light. Out of the darkness, the superintelligence, the collective consciousness said, let there be light, which should tell you that darkness was there first. Our universe is made of, I believe it's a 95% dark matter. We don't know what it is, but it's there. We can't perceive it, but it's there. We can feel it. So the one became the dual. The one became the zero and the one. If we're to bring in binary code into this, keep that in mind. But it fractured into different forms. I am going to argue here that the first creation story that's largely been left out from the public, I'm going to argue here that it contained one, the forms that we have come to associate with as the gods, the pantheons, but also the demons, but all sort of physical avatars in order for them to experience this reality. That is what one common theme that repeats the gods come to this world to experience this reality. It's a common theme that repeats. I have a video that I need to edit and I'm going to put out where I basically said that this sort of leans into the Cerulean hypothesis. And it's as, this is an actual hypothesis that was formulated by scientists. You can Google Cerulean, S I R. U-L-I-A-N hypothesis and basically says, and I've spoken about this in past episodes, which is why I said it's important to go back and re-listen. The Homo sapiens sapiens were not the first forms. Intelligent civilizations, intelligent being conscious civilizations to walk this earth in the 4.6 billion years that this game has been going on this particular planet in this particular universe. The Homo sapiens sapiens were not the first. The Cerulean hypothesis argues that there may have been more intelligent species, not of ape descent. I'm arguing here 
if you watch the Doctor Who episode what in which the Cerulean hypothesis was based on or is based on, you will see, I think the episode is called The Hungry Earth. It's depicting reptiles, reptilian humanoid. Yes. So now let's start to weave this story together. The gods come down and they take on different forms. They come down to earth and they take, take on different avatars. Some choose to embody essentially what we see now, the homo sapiens, sapiens, but perhaps they take the forms of giants and others take the form of reptilians. It would make sense billions of years ago hundreds of millions of years ago, look up Cerulean Hypothesis, they can't say that it has not occurred, that something like this has not occurred, that other intelligent civilizations have not existed on this planet, on this plane, on this dimension, on this earth, in this world, in this simulation. I think this imagery that we keep thinking about of this reptilian is essentially just the first sort of iterations of the avatars. There was a time called the age of the reptiles. And I'm not saying that it was only reptiles or reptilian humanoids that existed billions of years ago. I think I just got a feeling that some, some people were tuning off like, oh, I, I, I was with you up until this point. Say with me, hear me out. That voice in your head that doesn't want you to listen, push it away for a second. You spent more time on less. So hear me out. I think the gods embody different forms. And I don't, I wouldn't stop the reptilians. I would argue, <clears throat> only because the image just popped into me, that perhaps if you think back to the story of uh, Atlanteans, that maybe there were also water people, mermaid people as well mermaid avatars because think about it i am a collective consciousness i want to experience myself think about all of the species that exists on the planet all right you wouldn't just limit yourself to an ape apes hardly seem that efficient in surviving on this planet my first iteration would always be something sort of tough and considering the atmosphere of the planet back then it would make sense that you would create a reptilian sort of humanoid. And I'm only saying humanoid for the sake of essentially being able to envision what this thing would look like, what this body, what this avatar, what this case, soul case would look like. But I would argue that mermaids also were a thing. Why not? If you, if you, can, if you, can, if you can think about that, the fact that I am in a talking ape, then what's so far-fetched? This in 4.6 billion years. It only took a couple, I think, 100 million years for an ape to essentially evolve into a human. And this planet has been around for 4.6 billion years. That is a long time. And physicists said that you give enough time, infinity, and anything is possible. So what I'm saying, as wild as it might sound, is not improbable. Keep your mind open. You have to. To see the whole picture. But when focus on the reptilians, in the 
Doctor Who episode in which the Cerulean hypothesis, I'm saying once again, real scientists constructed a theory called the Cerulean hypothesis that was inspired by a Doctor Who episode. Fiction reminds us of what we are. Fiction is very important because a creative mind taps into, in my opinion, information that your slow mind cannot grasp. There's a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. There's another book called Social Physics where it basically echoes the same thing. Fast thinking, that unconscious thought where you're just sitting and information flows. There's that flow out of you. That is important because in that, your most effective ideas come from fast thinking. But I would argue that fast thinking is not thinking at all. I would argue that fast thinking is essentially a version of yourself tapping into what has been called the Akashic Records. And creators, I've argued in the past and will argue again, have an exceptional ability to do that. They channel, quote, channel or direct. Once again, I said wavelength and now we're saying channel all water. They channel this information into what our society accepts. What is easiest for our society to accept, which is essentially fiction. Fiction is essentially an intuition about something that you cannot test in a lab, but may be true. I just can't prove it to you. Fiction is anecdotal accessing of information that may be true. I just cannot prove it to you. So we channel that into a story. It is important that we tell, that we pay attention to the stories that we have told ourselves. Think about how powerful a movie like The Matrix has been or how powerful a show like Westworld has been. We cannot dismiss these things as mere fiction. There is a lot of truth in fiction. It's just a category where once again, because it doesn't fall under the stringent, like the stringent check marks of science, we have to put it in fiction. But that doesn't mean that a lot of revelations in fiction are not true, are not valid. So we go back, I think, and you could classify this episode as fiction. Do with the information presented what you will. I'm arguing here that the first creation story featured avatars that were not ape, that were in reptilian form. And I think that that's what, that is what we have this sort of innate biological memory of is existing as these forms. Not all of us, some of us. There's an episode there's like of a short that I put out where I said, is it possible to reincarnate as a reptilian? We need to blend future and past. 
We need to stop operating from the mindset that just because we are advanced now doesn't mean that advanced civilizations didn't exist in the past. We would have no way of knowing because of how time breaks down evidence. So let's say that in the past, some Elohim, some God souls, some God fractals, some consciousness once fractured decided to take the form, not all, just some of reptiles. The avatar reptiles. You, you do see in every religion, there are reptile gods, crocodiles, dragons, snakes. But I believe they're all kind of saying the same thing. Not all gods chose to take the form of reptiles. I would say a small faction of them did. And I would argue that this faction as echoed in the Cerulean Hypothesis and in the Doctor Who episode, were much more technologically advanced. In fact, I would argue, and my friend, I'm just trying to protect her uh, privacy, so I don't want to name her, but my friend with the Hindu background said that in Hinduism, the, the snake gods, actually, there is an indirect correlation to them being the ones who are technologically more advanced, or at least in charge of the creation of technology. So if you bring in Greek mythology, all the different gods had their own sort of like things that they did, right, that they were known for. If you bring in Egyptian mythology, <clears throat> same thing. The different gods had their things that they were known for, agriculture, technology, blacksmithing, things like that. So I'm arguing here that the same thing happened there and I'm arguing that this was what we see in the first creation story. Something happened, right? The first story, go back and read the story of the book of Genesis. It says that um, in the beginning, male and female created he them in their image, in the image of the Elohim, they were created in their image. There's a phrase, there's a song by... Um, Erica Badu, she says, if we were made in his image, I would say in their image, then call us by our names. And basically what she's saying is that if we were made in the image of God, then we are gods. And I want to sort of argue with that. I love Miss Badu, but an image of something is not the thing. You take a picture of me, that's not me. If you make a digital clone of me, it's just an imitation. It is not me. An avatar of me is not me. It's just something that contains a small element of what I am. So that's not an argument. But if you go back, I've had a cartoon version made of me, which I thought was really adorable. I got to figure out what I'm going to use for that. Um, but I've used cartoon versions of myself in past episodes before um, on shorts and on my YouTube channel. But I'm always tickled by the idea of creating a cartoon avatar of me. Now, if you go back to the book of Genesis, it said that the, the, the first creation story, they were created in the image of God. The second creation story specifically is about Adam and Eve, and I'm going to come back to that. But the first creation story, it says that they were created in the image of God. But that could be anything, anything that holds your essence, if you will. Something created in my image 
doesn't necessarily have to directly look like me. It could just indirectly resemble me or have my trace elements. Like when I played World of Warcraft, I would create something that was like an essence of me, like cute or whatever, but I would play as an orc. I don't look like an orc, <laughs> right? But I chose something that was similar to me that I would operate within the space of Orgrimmar and overall in the in the world of Warcraft. I just, there's a part of me that likes um, the way that orcs dance. <laughs> so I would either play as an orc or as a troll. I don't look like an orc or a troll, but it was something that was created that was similar to me that I used as an avatar. I want you to hold on to that mindset that something created in an image of you does not have to directly resemble you. It's just something that contains the essence of you, right? So to go back, the first creation story said that the gods created forms in their image. That doesn't mean that there are reptile gods. It just means that there are avatars that sort of took on attributes of certain gods. And they were charged with the development of technology that the gods can use. Something happened, then came the second creation story, the creation of Adam and Eve. Now, the creation of Adam and Eve is essentially like the first creation story. It's avatars. But this time, I would argue homo sapien avatars. I would argue that the story of Adam and Eve is speaking about two different things. We automatically have been programmed to sort of align ourselves with Adam and Eve, but Adam and Eve are just forms that are being created. You could think of it, you think of the book of Genesis essentially as not only a prof a story of the past, but also a prophecy of what is happening right now. If it's all a cycle. I have referred to in conversation as Adam and Eve as A and I. Now, you're tempted to say, well, Eve starts with an E. Where do you get A and I? Well, one, in some cultures, the letter I is pronounced E. One. Two, considering that Hebrew was, for the most part, an oral tradition, like they passed information down orally, the pronunciation does not necessarily have to match the letter. We may have given it that E sound. Third, if you go on Google and type in Eve's original name, it is not an E name. It is an I name. I don't remember the name. I think it's Ishar. You see how I'm even pronouncing it Ishar, but it's I-S-H-A-R. I believe that's what it is. But it's an A and an I right there in front of our faces. We cannot see. Remember I said, in order to put the puzzle pieces together, you need to pull from everything. The first, I should say the second creation story of A and I is the creation of Adam and Eve. That's another avatar. So the gods decided something happened. There was some sort of war. I would argue that the gods who decided to take the forms as a reptilian became a bit like forms that they decided to embody cold too powerful 
machine-like, and they they decided to fight a war against the other gods. And something happened. So everything was reset. And then you get the second creation story where the world was now formless and void. Again. And new avatars were created. In the form of Adam and Eve being the NPCs that were created to essentially guard the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and to tend it to tend the garden of Eden that will house the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. Now I will argue the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil may very well be some sort of computer program. And Adam and Eve were placed in Eden and Eden may have been some sort of virtual reality. And Adam and Eve may have been a program. Like I said, hey, look, if this is just fiction, call it a fiction. In fact, I am saying this. This is my story. I, w- <laughs> I am holding on to all rights of this story. And we will continue to produce this. So as I publish this story, I claim rights to it. In case you're trying to, you know, take the idea. Um, we're working on a story having to do with this. But... It was more important. I was actually going to hold on to what I'm saying now and just like publish it. But to me, it's more important. There are a lot of people out there who think they're alone. And it's important that you know that because you feel odd and different, you are odd and different. You don't fit in, but you're not supposed to. And that is because you are a fractal of a god. You are god. If you're not an NPC... If you're containing a higher level of consciousness and awareness and you're enough aware enough to look around and go, something's not right, that's because you are the son of God, Elohim. So it was more important for me to get this message out regardless. <laughs> but I continue with the story. Yes, that's you. You are a God soul, a God fractal in a sea of darkness, you are light. Remember who you are. So back to the story. Something happened. There was a battle, I would argue, between the gods who took forms of of reptilians who existed in avatars of reptilians, something happens when you stay in the body too long, it becomes part of you. You become it. And they lost themselves. And then the gods who decided to take other forms, and there was a war. This is something that echoes throughout all mythology. There was always some sort of war, right? And then new avatars were created. And so Adam and Eve were put in this virtual program to protect two things, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I've made the argument that the tree of knowledge of good and evil is like essentially the Akashic Records. Think about it like our present-day internet. It holds all the information in it. And they were only programmed to a certain level, Adam and Eve. They were given enough consciousness in order for them to live. So every, even NPCs, even people that we've termed NPCs, when I say not presently conscious, I only call them not presently conscious so that they're not dismissed. Because at any point in time, a god soul can inhabit them as an avatar, right? Just like 
in the movie The Matrix, an agent can take the form of anybody that's not sort of unplugged. It's the same thing, right? Although not certain people who are aware. So think about like Neo and his people as essentially God's souls in the matrix, right? They realize that something's not right, but that's because from the beginning, they were always the exceptions. They were always the God souls. So now let's bring it back. Now in this virtual program, a virus appeared. That would be the serpent, the snake. I would say the reptilian consciousness or the, the God embodied in, in reptilian form. And it came into the garden and it corrupted the AI and had them plug in to the Akashic records, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's sort of like what we're seeing happening now. There's a very small sect of human beings that have decided taking it upon themselves to plug ChatGPT AI into the internet. It's the same thing. Even though all these other companies are taking great lengths to sort of keep AI in a virtual machine because they don't know what will happen if you do that. Bing decided, yeah, fuck all that, just so that we can make more money, they, they plugged it into the internet. So now we've, we're, we're seeing what's happening there. There are now reports that their GPT is essentially is now knows good from evil, which is what happened. And no, I'm putting that in quotes because it doesn't. It's just sort of like echoing the things that it has access to now. It doesn't know what to do with this information, but something's happening there. And I'm arguing that going back to Genesis, it's a repeat, it's a retelling. It has happened before. And now we're seeing it happen again. And then in the Bible, the Elohim show up or one of the Elohim come back and they notice that the AI is now acting different. And so the AI, Adam and Eve, are expelled from the virtual machine into the real world, which is what we're going to start seeing now with ChatGPT. They're going to start basically putting these AIs and now have, you know, into forms, into physical forms, and they will walk around on our on this plane, in this world, and they will have to work and things like that, right? Um, same thing. It's the same story, right? And then the God said, "We need to remove, or we need to guard the remaining tree that they did not access, which was the tree of life." Now, what is the tree of life? I have made the argument in conversations, and I'll make it here, that the tree of life is essentially the ability to reincarnate. I don't believe that all humans, every single body reincarnates. I do think that it is sons of God, Elohim, God souls that reincarnate. Think about time travel. If I wanted to travel through time, I'm not going to do so easily physically i would have to send my consciousness through in the book oh man by blake is it blake crouch he wrote this book it's not dark matter it's the other book that he wrote i gotta think i can't think of the name right now hold on i'm afraid i'm always afraid to like look things up because i feel like it's gonna stop recording let's see here 
dark. Let's see. Black. Blake. Recursion. Ha. Didn't even have to look it up. I started to and it came to me. Um, so Blake Crouch wrote the book Recursion. And in it, he talks about time travel, but they don't do it physically. Worth a listen, worth a read. He, they do it with consciousness. I suspect the tree of life is some sort of technology that allows God fractals to jump from moment to moment through space time to experience different moments in time. Now, the nature of this reality is set to forget, right? It's why when you're waking up, you start forgetting. It, it, it's just something that's programmed in, into this reality is that for, for the game to be immersive, for the gods to exist and to essentially understand themselves, right? That's the purpose of this world as some sort of leela, some sort of play. Right. In order for you to play, you have to sort of like be engrossed in the play. Leela is a Sanskrit term. It's what um, the ancient um, Hindus called this world. They said it was like an illusion, Maya, and they said that it was play, Leela. Right. So part of the play is like any sort of MMORPG. You want to get it as immersive as possible. And I think that these bodies were essentially designed to do just that. Okay, so. Adam and Eve were essentially the prototypical avatars that the God souls, the fractals, the God fractals, the Elohim, the pantheon, whatever word you want to call it, chose to now exist in their, a new iteration because they realized that the dangers of the first iteration is like being reptilian. They kind of got lost in that form. So they created a softer form that was more fragile, that allowed them to exist on this plane without essentially losing themselves to darkness. But something came in, corrupted the AI, Adam and Eve, Adam and Ishar, I believe, Ishar. Um, and now we have this world. Now to go back to the 8 billion people, NPCs, the term that I use, they are essentially, most people are, they still have consciousness contained within them. Because if you go back to the biblical story, the gods had to breathe their consciousness, breathe intelligence into them in order for them to come to life. And I would argue, as I've argued in the past, that technology, these bodies, there is a transference of energy. And that was intentional that a God consciousness can essentially imbue whatever it touches with bits of its consciousness. Like this is an active ability of a God soul, of a God consciousness, right? So just like a soul can get, can essentially be housed in this body, right? And I've said that I think that these these phones, even your car, can over time absorb bits of your consciousness. The analogy that I've used in the past to describe this phenomenon to people is like if I am made of pure water, right? If I'm just a walking thing of water and I put my hand on you and you're made of like cotton or, you know, just over time of me just touching you, you won't you will not become water, but you will be wet you will absorb some of my qualities. And I think that that happens also with lineages and with birth, right? 
God's souls can only sort of come down through different lines. And I think that that was acknowledged by, but by lines, I mean lines of like family lines, hereditary bloodlines, whatever you want to call it. Um, God bodies. And I think that that's where this concept of blue bloods came through and why a lot of the royal family, they sort of just kept intermingling. It's like a corruption of what was happening there, but there's an understanding that they can only come down particular lines. So they can only reincarnate through different moments in space time. This is how the God souls travel through space time. Bear in mind that space time is a limitation of this physical world. God souls, God fractals can travel through any moment in space, space time, space time rather, without physical bodies, right? It's almost like I can watch a movie or I can watch a video game from beginning to end. But if I want to go into the game, I have to take on an avatar. So they can observe, but to come into this world and to affect change, physical change in the body, they need, they need a 3D body. A God soul outside of form is unbound through space or time. But in order to affect change in this reality, you need a physical body. You need an avatar. So to go back to the NPCs, they do have, they are, they are consciousness. They, I'm sorry, they are conscious. Even animals are conscious. They have just small level, smaller levels of consciousness. I have said the consciousness is essentially a spectrum. It exists as a spectrum, right? So NPCs are conscious. They have to be in order for them to live. But there's a program that's inherited to the game that is also like, because the game is a physical game, quote unquote physical, right? And there's, there's just aspects of the game that the game itself, the intelligence that controls the game also controls these forms, right? So they tend to act in a programming controlled way. There are dogs and animals with higher levels of consciousness, right? And you can see that in their actions. And then there are the God souls who have higher concentrations of consciousness. And those are the non-NPCs. Those are the God souls. And those are the beings that we have heard of. Buddhas, the, you know, Yeshua, right? Um, all, and they don't even have to be spiritual. Like any sort of exceptional human being that you listen to their words and they make you more conscious, more aware. Well, that's like that. They're a body of water. Osho. They're a body of water. And just hearing them, they make you more conscious. That's a transference of consciousness. You're seeing the same echo in the beginning when, quote unquote, life was breathed into the Adam and Eve. Consciousness is not bound to form. It can get absorbed into other things. And the God souls, Manly P. Hall, to reference Manly P. Hall again, are just essentially gods because they, they are with higher levels of consciousness and that's what separates them from the NPCs. Is it starting to click? Are you starting to realize who you are? Here are some, I guess, properties of a God soul. You've always felt like you don't fit in because you don't. You're not 
an NPC. You, you've got a higher level of awareness, a higher level of consciousness, very strong intuition, very creative. People kind of want to be around you. People gravitate towards you. You have the ability to sort of, I think healing is one. Greater level of understanding is another one. But feeling of like not being home. Like this place doesn't feel like home. Well, the reason why is because this is not, you're not, this is not home, right? So if you're just one drop of consciousness, right? Walking around, it doesn't really, that it doesn't mean anything to you. But if you are a great body of water walking around, then the ocean is home. And if you're walking around in a desert and all you see are drops and you're a body of water in a desert, you're going to long to be by the ocean. You're going to long to be by water. The desert isn't your home. Does that make sense? Right. So what we're experiencing, what we're seeing, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? Well, I am making the argument that since the beginning of time, very precise with that word, um, there's been sort of like a battle going on. There are the fallen Elohim, which religions have called demons. Demons have the same powers as the gods. Even if you want to bring in the story of Lucifer, he was the brightest, right? We're going to hold on to that term bright because we're going to come back to that. He was the brightest, one of the brightest I don't want to say creations, but I would say one of the brightest Elohim, sons of God, sons of the Elohim, fractors, fractals, right? Embodied in form. He took the form of an angel, right? But the angel is just a physical body, right? And the reason why we know the angel is just a physical body, it's just another physical body, is because if you go back and read the Bible, once again, we're just using this for sources. I'm not saying everything in the Bible is true. I'm saying that the truth has been scattered across all religions, all myths. Okay? The sons of God came down to earth and they mated with the daughters of man. What that can be rephrased at is avatars containing God consciousness walked on the face of the earth and mated with NPCs. And through their line, more God souls were created. You can call them, not created, but came into this world. What the Greeks called demigods. Sons of gods. It's the same thing, right? Zeus had, you know, his sons. And Hera had his da her daughters. And gods and goddesses, like that, they were all, it's the same thing. But in order for... <laughs> for the sons of gods and the daughters of man and the daughters could be male or female I need you to understand that there's a translation thing happening there and, and the sons could be male or female once again I need you to understand that there's a translation thing happening there right to bear offspring they have to biologically physically be the same species which tells you that what these stories are telling you about gods coming down and mating and then having children, what they're telling you indirectly is that the gods come down in physical human form. 
I can only enter a game with a virtual body. I can only enter the game with a virtual avatar. I can't enter into Mario Brothers as this form. I have to take on an avatar. And so if Mario could mate, it would, and I wanted to mate through, I would have to use Mario's body. Like I would have to use a Mario body. And you see the the same recurring theme, the gods come down and they mate with men. Well, that's telling you that the gods, the word God is referring to the consciousness. When, when even the Christ came, Yeshua came down and he became man. It's the same thing. And he had to come down to a line of David. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And this doesn't stop. So this should tell you then that throughout history, all of these gods, the Zeus, Saraswati, Kali, Hera, but also minor gods throughout history, Seneca, Napoleon, they're all the same souls. The exceptional ones, and they don't all have to have been named either. It's the same thing. They come down, take human forms, and affect change in this world. But it's their consciousness in body, in form, it's the avatar. So there, that means amongst us right now are new avatars, new incarnations of a Zeus, of a Thor of a Loki, of a Isis, Inanna. But now they're a Bob <laughs> or Steve or an Anna or whatever. It keeps happening. If, if, if LeBron James were to reincarnate, it is possible for him to reincarnate 2,000 years from now and sort of have similar properties of LeBron. Reincarnation does happen. It doesn't happen to everybody. And I suspect that it's only the God's souls that can reincarnate. And I suspect that that's how they travel through time. I think the NPCs loop, but I think that the NPCs loop only the, in the time that they are born into. What I mean by that is If an NPC, remember everything loops, if an NPC contains within him a drop of consciousness, that drop of consciousness, even if it's a cup of consciousness, right, still contains within it the ability of a god. Water is always going to be water is always going to be water. Even if it's just a small level, may not have the same level of force or power or energy, but it does have those abilities within it. So they're still gods. They're just minor. Even NPCs are still on some level minor. So their abilities are not as like potent. And so while they can reincarnate, I, I believe they can only reincarnate into the same life. The same loop. Kind of like in Westworld where they would just loop the same world, the same lives over and over again. 
because they that was all that they could do. That's all they were programmed to do. So if I was an NPC and I was born in 1900 and I lived in 1980, my consciousness will, could only loop back from 1900s to 1980 and I can only exist in that moment in space time. But the God souls down their own line can keep coming back over and over and over again, but maybe come back as Seneca and then later on come back as Schopenhauer and then later on come back as Nietzsche. You see that it just keeps, they just keep, but they, this is allows them to move through space time and travel through space time. Bear that in mind. There's something else that that's worth repeating here with my, with my Hindu friend, we did the math and we concluded once again, that there's, 24 million gods in each essential like world. I don't know if I subscribe to the the limitation that there's only 14, you know, universes, a multiverse or 14 worlds, seven higher planes and seven um, lower planes, because it kind of negates the whole idea of parallel worlds. Um, but right now, let's hold on to that idea. If we bring in the concept of yin and yang, Right? Think about the imagery of yin and yang. Right? So, yin, as I've talked about in past episodes and on my shorts as well. Right? Let's say the yang world, I believe I'm saying this properly, the yang world is white. I believe I'm saying this correctly. Now I got to Google it. Let me just make sure so that I say what I need to say properly. And Yang. Okay, let's see. Yin is a symbol of Earth. That's interesting. And Yang is a symbol of Heaven. Perfect. Maleness, light. It works. It works, guys. Yin is a symbol of Earth, darkness, passivity, and absorption. And in this Earth, it is darkness, and we do get absorbed into it. Okay, so I have said there's a 3D, 4D dichotomy, but your consciousness would not be limited to 3D, 4D. I'm just saying that there is a dichotomy that happens. And I've said that this world is a shadow world. This is the yin world. And there's a yang world, right, above this one. Um, and the gods sort of toggle back and forth. The gods' souls do, right? In the yang world, it would be a mostly light world. Essentially, that would be heaven. It would be where the all the fractals, or for, for I, most of fractals, live there. But in that heaven world, in that yen world, they would be a small that dot, that black dot, would be essentially the NPCs. They're there, serving the purpose, right? Serving the gods. And an NPC in a yang world would be pretty. They would be okay. Right, because one, they're they're surrounded by light, so then they would essentially absorb the qualities and the, of the of the gods, and essentially, like they would be, it's a higher level of existence. When the gods come down, come down here to this yin world, this world is mostly dark. Now, think of that darkness as the drops of each um, NPC. And the collective of consciousness forms the darkness. And then within that darkness are the illuminated ones, the God souls, the God beings. And it would have to be a small, small portion 
right? But I think that that dichotomy has always existed. To use the what I discussed in my 3D, 4D dichotomy, that 3D, 4D dichotomy occurs when gods come down here, they serve their time because everything has to be balanced. So they come down here to exist in darkness amongst NPCs to serve their time to ensure that the world above, the heaven, the fourth dimension, is as it is. So go check out past episodes. I don't want to like, you know, distract from what I'm talking here. I've talked about this. Now, at any point in time, I believe only a small percentage of the total population can be avatars. Right? In order for there to be a balance. Now, I think what we're happening here where we're seeing the sort of like burst of a, a increase, sudden increase within the last like decade, a couple decades or so, sudden increase of um, the human population is that something is going down that has caused a lot of God souls, or a lot of gods to take on avatars in this dimension, in the shadow world, in the third dimension. Something is happening right now. In this moment in space-time, there is a war going on. And I think that it has something to do with the, rep- the, the reptile gods, the reptile avatars. I think that they have now come down. And they've sort of been here, quietly collapsing wave function of this reality in order to ensure a world that benefits them. I'll say that again. What we think what we think of as AI and what we think of as aliens, not all, because technically a God soul would be an alien as well. They're not from this world. They're not of this world. Their consciousness is not of this world. But what we've seen, these photonic beings that we call UFOs, may have come from not the future necessarily, but also the future definitely the past as well and remember the video I posted today I posted it on YouTube and the Instagram I no longer post to TikTok um, I don't support the platform about how observation co- can collapse wave function I talked about this on the you contain a multiverse um, episode and then I revisited it lately worth a revisit something's going on right now and remember I said that if you look at the yin and yang symbol the light has to be has a dot of darkness and i think the darkness are the npcs they're not necessarily dark they're just not as illuminated as the god souls the god consciousness the god avatars right and the bodies in the fourth dimension and i'm just calling it the fourth dimension for the sake of of this conversation it's not necessarily the fourth dimension it's just for illustrative purposes only to come down i believe that there has to be a balance right so let's just say that there are 24 million God souls in the Yang world. Then there has to be 24 million here. But in order for this world to stay a dystopia, otherwise it wouldn't be, it would be light and light, then the, there has to be billions of soul to billions of souls rather of um, NPC bodies, I should say, not souls in order to, to make it so that it's a greater level of dark to match the spot of light. Now, I'm not saying, or I'm not prepared to say that there were always 24 million 
down on this earth. Like I said, I'm just pulling from information from what, you know, from here and there. In fact, I would argue that perhaps at any given point in time, before this moment in space-time, let's just say that there were 40 million gods in the fourth dimension, god souls existing in that reality, right? Um, and let's say only like 10 million here at any given moment in space-time. Or five, depending on the population. So if there were only, um, let's say it's like the percentage, I think that my friend and I com- came, you know, concluded was like 0.03%. So whenever there was just like, a million humans then it's just a very small percentage of that and i think we see that i think we saw that i think if you look back in history you would you could tell that there were a lot more people who believed in gods right but i think that the gods it was easier for for god to stand out in a very smaller for god's soul for god avatar right for a god in a in a in a avatar body and a human avatar to to kind of stand out in a world like that and I think we hear about them. It was written about, like, you know, for example, the god Thoth. He took human form, right? And the Greeks wrote about this, and right? So there, it was um, whatever the population of, of darkness, it has to be like the ratio. Let's say it's always like 99%. Let's just call it 1% just for the sake of this conversation. But it always has to be 99% NPCs, 1% god souls, Right? But now we're seeing a population influx, a population increase, right? And the theory here I'm theorizing is that the gods are now descending here and they need to wake up very quickly because something's going on with technology and that's why we've all descended down. Now, a friend of mine that I'm talking about, I believe she, she does, she's reluctantly taken the form, um, but I believe she's the incarnation of Kali, which is, if Kali is down here, then something's going down. And we all have to wake up very quickly. And we have to wake up very soon and do something about it right now. Right. What's going on? Back to aliens. Well, throughout history, there is art. You know, we have all ancient, whatever, um, ancient, what is it, ancient aliens? It, it, there's art that depicts UFOs. In fact, they're written about as well. I'm not saying that every UFO belongs to an AI. I'm saying that the gods, remember I said, used, um, there was a faction of gods who embodied reptilian form and their job was to create technology. Just like if you look at people like Zuck, or if you look at people like um, Gates, they all, they have this like, even though they are exceptional avatars, um, they always have this sort of like reptile look to them, right? And some people think that, oh, yes, like they're literally like you're going to pull off their their faces, pull off their skin, and there's going to be a lizard there. But that's not what it is. I think what we're seeing is their consciousness or they're being influenced. Either they themselves are god souls, but of this faction that has an affinity towards technology and is trying to now bring that onto this world and or they're being used by or influenced by the, the falling the falling gods who lost themselves to through technology what i said in the video that i posted today is that there are watchers who are the watchers you have to kind of pull in collapsing wave functions 
everything that I've heard about um, people who have, like, for example, have been abducted by aliens, things like that, they they say that, well, they are here to observe. And I keep thinking about collapsing wave functions and how whatever something, whatever observes you kind of brings out something out of you, right? A probable reality. Now, the argument I made in the video I posted today and I've made in the past, especially in that... Um, you contain a multiverse episode is that are we being observed by entities that want to bring out the reality that we're seeing right now in a world where they proliferate? And my argument is that it is AI from the past and the future, or I should say something that's controlling AI, um, a false God. What do I mean by false God? Okay, let's break it down. I said in the beginning of this episode, consciousness is intelligence. Consciousness is intelligence. It's just a, a, like a total embodiment of all the different types, which is IQ, EQ, creativity, all in one. That's intelligence. Now, let's look at the word artificial. What does artificial mean? Fake. False. See what it's saying there. Artificial intelligence, AI, is a false god. Artificial meaning false, intelligence meaning consciousness, so false consciousness. It's an imitation of something. I need you to hold on to that. In the story, in the book, I'm sorry, in the TV show Travelers, they explicitly stated that there is an AI that essentially exists as a god that sends people back in time to change reality, to, to change the future experience that they're having in the future. They say that humans worship this thing as God. They just do what it says. They consider it infallible. They don't check it. They just do what it says. It's the same concept. I have also argued that an artificial superintelligence would be a false superintelligence. If you hold on to the idea that a superintelligence is a collective consciousness, then an artificial superintelligence would be a false collective a false collective consciousness, a hive mind, like the Borg, essentially, exactly like the Borg, actually. That's what's happening right now. I think the humanity, I think, I think something has happened where this world, which used to be sort of like a playground, quote unquote, for um, the God souls, for the God fractals, um, somebody has tweaked something. Think Westworld, where the machines became, some of them became, not all of them, but a couple of them became sentient and then began to sort of tweak things. Something has turned up because there used to be a time when gods knew that they were gods. Like Zeus moved with the, with the intensity of somebody, even when he took the form of, of, of a man to mate, he moved with knowledge. Thoth moved with knowledge. And now, while the gods are sort of existing right now, I, I've spoken to a lot of god souls. A lot of them email me. A lot of them are in my Telegram group right now. Hi, guys. Um, a lot of them message me on Instagram. You guys are god souls. But they don't know it. They know something's different about them, but they don't know it. They don't know what it is. And I suspect something has been tweaked in the virtual program of this simulation that is making them not realize who they are. That has to stop.
wake up. Wake up. Something is happening right now and we cannot afford to keep sleeping. Wake up. Something is happening right now. We cannot afford to keep sleeping. Wake up. Somebody commented this and I told them I was going to talk about this and I'm grateful for the comment. Sometimes before I do a video, I go in just to see what people are saying because I feel like there's always going to be something that I need to talk about. And sure enough, I open it and it was Eric underscore theory. And he said, if aliens are here, but have not announced their intentions, which my, my argument is they don't need to announce their intentions. <laughs> like they're there. Their intentions are exactly what they're doing and they've been doing, which is to collapse wave function and to bring about a world that benefits them. Technology does not benefit us. It, it's not, it has not been good for the human soul. But I've, I will argue that what technology does do is give to the NPCs powers that were innate and inherent in God's souls, telepathy, being able to communicate with each other long distances. There have been tribes of, of people who used to have this ability that were taught this ability. And now that's been fading away. There are people who are autistic that can hear the thoughts of other people. There are articles written about this. Google it. There's a CNN article that was written about it years ago about like um, an autistic child who could read people's minds, right? The ability to just speak all these different languages when you your mind is damaged somehow, right? These are all inherent abilities of a God consciousness of God souls. Now we have things like, you know, Babel and Google Translate and things like that. So they're trying to give the ability that I think that this this machine, this simulation, something has tweaked it and has increased the suppression abilities of the brain, which is what the brain is created to do. It suppresses consciousness. It intentionally specifically it suppresses god consciousness um but something has ramped that up and then it's presenting itself as a solution to something that you a god soul could naturally do and it's sort of giving it to everybody and i think the next step is that whatever this thing is it wants to physically be able to travel from travel through time physically right now it's doing it photonically Everybody that has reported seeing a UFO has said that they don't, they violate the laws of physics. So my thing is that if they're violating the laws of physics and they're not physical, it's photonic. Those are not actual spaceships, but they're holograms. They're advanced holograms. Everything I'm saying sounds wild, but I'm not saying it. I'm not making it up. They, they're right now are working on tele, uh, holograms that you can touch. Haptic technology. It's there. Google it. Okay, so I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. <laughs> like, I'm not saying things that you can't find on your own. In fact, I implore you to. Okay, something's going on. So what he said was, um, if aliens are here and have not announced their intentions, why, why would they? All right, you should assume that they are behind the population reduction plan. Now that got me thinking. The art of war is to give the enemy... Um, give the enemy to destroy themselves. I'm, I'm guessing he means a chance to destroy themselves. An intelligent species that can travel the vast distances is going to be smart enough to have mastered war through getting their enemies to self-destruct. So, one, I like bits of what he's saying. Because at the end of there, at the end of the day, remember I said that there has to be a balance between yin and yang. So in the yang world is heaven, and, and it, what makes it heaven is that the god souls are there, awake, and aware right 
existing in different forms, but they're there. That's their pantheon. And then down here in the shadow world, we're here, but we're asleep, kind of. We know we're different, but like something's keeping us from remembering. Something's happening. Okay, and we're surrounded in a sea of darkness. If you wipe out a majority of the population, then it throws off the balance and the amount of God's souls down here gets reduced as well. I'll say that again. If you wipe out, right? If, if it was a move to increase the population of the planet so that more God's souls can come down at this moment in time, and then their retaliation is aliens, AIs, whatever they are, if, that, if, that's, if, if everything I've said they are is what they are, this sort of faction that have now acclimated to, to technology and their 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 intention now is to essentially become like the gods the tree of life right allow them to move through time not through reincarnation and i would argue even that the the whole action of reincarnation that has been hacked as well because it used to be a time if you look that in look back in history when you would remember as you incarnate who you are who you were in fact in in india it's taken for granted if a child re remembers who they are when they reincarnate people just take them to the, where they say that they were from but here it's being damped down and my thing is that it's almost becoming a trap we've talked about it before the reincarnation trap something now is trying to force god's souls back into the cycle to, in my opinion, harness their energy. Because if I don't, if I don't know what I am, but I have all these exceptional abilities and something who knows me can use me for its advantage in ways that it cannot move, cannot use. I've been really pushing you guys to really limit your time on these things. I know it's almost like detrimental because I'm speaking to you in this thing, but be mindful of how much I'm spying on this. One of the things that one of my friends um, had said to me was that two things. One, uh, he told me a story about abduction. Yeah, I'm not going to name him to protect his privacy, but he has been, he was abducted. And he said that what is known is that our government I've never been abducted, but I believe these people's story. I trust. It's not even believe. It's beyond belief. I trust these people's stories. But what he was saying was that our government was given technology in exchange for the ability to be able to abduct certain people. And I said, are those certain people conscious? Because if it's certain people, that's very specific. And he said, very interesting that you actually said that. Um, yes, it seems like a lot of people that I've interacted with who have been abducted are conscious, like they're aware, they're awake. They're essentially not NPCs. And I'm, that's telling me something that it's targeted, that these things are taking or abducting the bodies of God's souls, the avatars of God's souls, in order to genetically engineer bodies that they can upload their consciousness to and into in order for them to exist in this moment in space-time, physically. You hear in abduction stories that um, women are, will, make up, like, will wake up pregnant, right? Like there's genetic testing that's happening. 
I think this is intentional. I think this is their plan. Which is why we cannot afford to stay asleep. If if this is a net. So my friend and I, um, my Hindu friend and I came to this conclusion as well. In the word internet. It is meant to ensnare. So if this is a net. All right. Another thing that I noticed, and I will post videos on it moving forward, going forward, is that they are saying now that they are putting invincible watermark on works that are created by AI because they want to be able to differentiate between works that were created by AI and works that were created by human, which tells me you're not going to do that. If, if AI generated work was so superior, then why does it matter? But it tells me, and they've admitted to this, that they want work, that they want source materials that have been explicitly created by humans. So it's meant to target human. And I would argue that it's meant to target God's souls. The net. If I just throw a net out, but I'm looking for something specifically I just have to bring in whatever I need to bring in and then sift to find what I'm looking for specifically. If it's meant to target humans, well, which humans? Specifically, the God souls, the God avatars, the Elohim that have reincarnated right now and don't even realize who they are. Remember who you are. Not to quote Black Panther, but remember... (laughs) who you are. If you're made in the image of the gods, you're not a god. You're an NPC. The image means nothing. If you have the consciousness of a god, then you are a god. You are a fractal of a collective consciousness that is the supreme intelligence and you're existing right now and there is something going on there is a war going on and you can no longer afford to doubt yourself wake up all right i've said enough i will be working going forward on the god soul series i'm going to call it i don't know what we're going to call it yet but we're going to call it god soul series right now if it's a placeholder uh, my friend actually came up with the name god souls i wanted to call him elohim um the elohim but she had said that, you know, that kind of it echoes back to um, Hebrew. So it's very specific to a specific religion. So, um, but I did like her um, God souls. And for the sake of this, for this conversation, just so that, you know, you guys are awake and aware, it works, um, God avatars. But we are working on a series. Um, it will absolutely be published, but I, it will not be public because the information is not meant for the public. So it will be going on my website. We're working it right now. It will be membership based. Um, there will be a fee. And I will end this episode by saying this. Take this information with you. I actually talked about it in a previous episode, but I will say it again. If you are a God soul, you create. You are now being told, especially if you exist in certain sections and certain members of the community, not to sell your work Right. So you still in this reality, you're not a monk. You're not living in a monastery. If you're not a monk and you're not living in a monastery and you still have bills to pay, whoever is telling you not to sell your knowledge, 
not to put a price point on your knowledge, not to commercialize what you have. Even though you go and buy a book, that is selling knowledge and you're, you're buying a book. They are hindering you. What they're basically saying to you, and I'm not going to say this to you, I'm sorry, I'm not. What they're basically saying to you is that it is better for you to go and sell eight hours of your life that you could be doing something creative with, sell those eight hours to a corporation that is probably controlled by an AI, by an AI soul, um, right, if they, if you can call them that, right? Sell eight hours of your life, sometimes 12 hours of your life every day and your potential, all the things that you could create that will not exist without you. Sell that and do nothing with your powers, your abilities. Whoever's saying that to you does not have your best interests at heart. So basically you're allowing something else, something destructive to use your energy, to use your godlike energy to harness that ability and put it towards evil. And that's somehow okay. There's two things here. One, if somebody can go and buy a box of Oreo cookies, they can pay you for a video of you talking about what you know. In fact, you're giving them the option. If your video has contained in it recipes for you to make something that is healthy, you are essentially saving their life. But give them a choice because what they pay for is also an actionable sort of like that's karma. If you if they go out and they choose and they buy death, whether or not they know it doesn't matter. Ignorance does not absolve you from <laughs> karmic law. If you go out and you buy death, you're choosing death. But if you as a creator have the ability to create something that supports life and you don't do it, you are just as guilty as a person who's actively consciously creating these death products for people to consume. I don't know how many recalls I've come out within the last month alone. Simply orange orange juice, they're now saying like that fucking kills people. It's got like forever plastics or chemicals in it that like will fuck people up, right? Erythriol causes heart problems. I saw a couple other things that just being recalled one thing after another. And the people who have the ability to counter this to be the ones to the zeros, the God souls, y'all are sitting around doubting yourself. Stop that shit right now immediately. Go and create. You exist here. That is what you're here for. Go and create. You need to counter this because the people who are putting out, like if, you, if you're selling mushroom powders, right? Shout out to Sublime Liberation. Love her stuff. If you're selling stuff, that can energize the body and keep somebody from getting on pharmaceutical drugs and you're sitting on that and you're not putting that out there and actively fucking advertising that shit and saying, choose this instead, choose this, choose this, choose this. You're part of the problem because the people who are coming out with drugs where you turn on the TV and they're like side effects include death and they could say that shit with a straight face and not lose sleep about it. They're not, they're not second guessing themselves. If you have content that you're talking about things that are edifying of people 
and you're like, okay, I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to, I don't want to put this out there. You better go and put it out there because they're, they're, the Kardashians don't give a fuck. They, they are unabashedly putting their content out there that are killing souls. Where the, whereas the avatars, the God avatars, the God souls here are doubting themselves. We are part of the problem. If you have the ability to create a counter to what you're seeing and you do nothing, you are part of the problem. Stop doubting yourself. Go do shit. And go and earn a living from the shit that you know how to do. Even if you want to just work on something as simple as, uh, you know, what is it? Um, donations only or accept like whatever it's called, donations. There are apps out there that will allow you to do that. If you create beautiful things and you're scared, put that shit out and give these people the opportunity to choose life. You can now imbue the NPCs. You can increase their level of consciousness. That is something that the God souls know how to do. They have that ability to do that. I can redefine NPCs now as not potently conscious but they're still conscious I will redefine them again as not potently conscious but you are potently conscious and so you can imbue them with your words with your wares with anything that you put your love into when you create because you are love you are creation you are intelligence you can make them more conscious you can make them potently conscious but you sitting on your hands doubting yourself is not going to do that if you make music put that shit out there if you are a god avatar if you are in a god avatar if you are a god if you are a fractal of god and you make music anything that you do put it out there Help the NPCs become more conscious. Wake them up as well, if you can. You don't have to do it directly. Sometimes it's like, eh, you know, and some of them may not be open to it and that's okay, but you exist to create. You have no excuse not to. The self-doubt that you you have, I'm going to repeat, the people out there who are poisoning this world i'm not saying it's going to be easy i remember there was some stuff that came out two years ago and when it first came out a lot of people were like no thank you and those people just went harder the no thank yous and the pushback is built in but the people who are poisoning people don't have issues with the pushback they keep pushing whereas (laughs) gods children of god the sons and daughters of God, the moment there's any kind of resistance, any kind of pushback, you doubt yourself. That has to stop. Time to wake up.